Welcome to our new podcast called Bitches and Stitches, where we discuss episodes of the show Deadly Women and include a little craft discussion at the end. I'm Lisa. And I'm Megan. And we're your hosts of the podcast. Welcome. Yay. Episode two. Episode two, entitled Greed. First thing I want to mention is I felt like those were zombies in the first like little clip in the coming up on. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't that look like zombies to you? I was a little confused on where we were going in this episode. I feel like the actors are really getting their money worth. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Like, they're really just giving it everything they can. They really are. Who do we have first? Well, first, we are in Salubu, Norway, the home of one of the worst female mass murderers. We're with a man named Porgarsors. They, like, say his name, like, a a couple different ways, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because I have it written down, like, three different ways. Yeah, so, like, (laughs) it's spelled Torgersorseth. But, like, they say it weird. So I sounded it out, like, Torga Sorseth or Torget. Um, yeah. I'm just going to call him Torgor. How about we call him Torgay? Because that's kind of Tor- easy to say. Torgay? Okay. Yeah. Um. Did they call him Torgay at all? Yeah, just, at one okay. point they did. We're here with Torgay. He is a teacher by day and an investigator by night. He's standing next to a sign, and he looks super happy to be there, which was very <laughs> weird. He is talking to us about Belle Gunness. 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 Okay. Yeah. I know I was going to fuck it up. <laughs> Belle Gnest, right? Okay. Who I found out they nicknamed her Hell's Belle. So, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That was pretty interesting. Is the one claim to this town just a murderer? Yeah, I think so. And there was nothing else to put on the sign? No. <laughs> Also, why why is Torge so invested in in Bell? I don't understand. It's not like they're it's her his great 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 aunt, and he has to go buy pizza for people. There's no <laughs> no relation to her whatsoever. So I don't know why he's. They're both from Norway. That was all. Yes, they're both from the same little town. Yeah, that's the only connection they had. He talks about Bell being a clever student, but she may have been labeled as an outsider by the other students. The students that he's teaching look bored as hell just wanted to point that out they yeah yeah so he thinks that she might have been easily angered because other kids made fun of her eventually she left norway and she headed to the great midwest she settled in a town called laporte indiana i guess a lot of people from norway came over to america because it was a poor country and they came here looking for fortune i have a fun fact real quick yeah i was surprised that they said a lot of norwegian people went to laporte indiana because decorah i is actually known for their Norwegian heritage. Oh, really? I don't think yeah. they specifically meant that they came to Laporte, Indiana. We okay. meant that they came to America because they were looking for, like, new opportunities and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Decorah is a very big, like, Norwegian population there. Very interesting. I've never been yeah. there. So he, our friend Torge, comes to America now to seek answers. And he meets up with a woman named Sylvia Shepard, who's an author. Um, and she knows a whole lot about Miss Bell here. She says that she killed close to 40 people and then we just are we have a skull we don't yeah know why are they just holding the skull i don't know like evidence or something <laughs> they're just like holding all willy-nilly she's like, like, she's, like rubbing, she's like rubbing it and then she's like oh look right here it says like they actually wrote on the skull like, <laughs> where they found it they don't know whose skull it is but they found it in the outhouse of bell's farm which outhouse is a bathroom so yeah this poor this poor person was killed and then just left in the freaking bathroom 
that sucks. That's a shitty way to die. Literally. Anyway, so Belle, basically what she did was she, she wanted Norwegian men to come to her farm. So she put in advertisements out in like the newspapers, specifically one called the Scandinavian. There's a knock at the door, right? And she starts like turning the oil down to like set the mood for the man that comes in. <laughs> dying lighting a candle and turning off the light anyway these men came from most of them came from norway and they wanted like a wife or a companion and they said that Belle was a good catch because she had money from insurance claims so she had a candy store that caught fire uh so she had insurance money from that and she also had two husbands that died she got insurance money from them too so then this gentleman named andrew halgeline came to laporte in 1908 they say he gave up his life savings which was three thousand dollars Settled in with Belle and her three foster children. And then Candace is here. Candace uh, is here. Yep. She's here. She sure yeah, is. She shows up. And she tells us that female serial killers often use poison, which we also learned last week. I have a feeling that's going to be a running uh, trend in all these episodes. So she yeah. talks about Belle using... Strychnine. Strychnine. Thank you. <laughs> strychnine, which was actually used as rat poison back in the day. So then we are here with Janice Amatusio, who is from Coons Rat. Minnesota. And I think she's going to be in a lot of episodes too because she was in the last one. Yeah, she was. Yeah, but I don't think I remember writing down her name because I don't think she was important. Hi, Janice. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we're with Janice. She talks about strychnine and how it inhibits (laughs) strychnine. Strychnine inhibits muscle reactions. She said that they feel like a sense of nervousness or anxiety, which is like my everyday life. And then they have muscle twitches and then they begin like convulsions, kind of like seizures. And yeah, that kind of looks like he's having an exorcism. Yeah, it really did. They say that they're really painful and that the victim is actually conscious the entire time. So that sucked. Not yeah. fun, I'm sure. Candace tells us that there's two types of people that could watch that happen to somebody. Sadist or a cold-hearted individual. And that this was the most grisly crime in Indiana's history. Oh. Then we're headed to where? Liverpool in the 1880s. So we open up to a group of women running a co-op and they're all just sitting around drinking tea when we meet them. Angela Brabin is here with us. She's the author of the book Black Widows of Liverpool, which is about these women. If I were to picture um, an English woman, it would be exactly what Angela looks like. Oh my God. Yes. She definitely has her afternoon tea every day, for Uh sure. And her scones or whatever they're called. (laughs) She says the plan was simple. Four women did the killing and then five or six other people dealt with the insurance and nobody was spared. The leader of the gang is Catherine Flanagan. Her second in command is her sister, Margaret Higgins. Guess how they kill people. How? Uh, Poison. Of course they did. (laughs) Was it arsenic? Of course. (laughs) Of course it was. But they made their arsenic from flypaper. Like the paper you catch flies. Yeah, you like put it in a glass and like pour hot water over it and it turns into a liquid and then you just put that in people's food. Oh. They tell us that like nobody was suspicious. So Maggie Jennings died in the prime of her life. They don't tell us what age that is, but I'm guessing the 20s. Nobody thought it was suspicious. Uh, I would. 
I know. I'd be like, can we just get a double check on that Please. real quick? Real quick. Let's ask a couple questions. But they made all of the deaths seemed like something common, like from food or like poor health conditions and all that kind of stuff. So the women would get life insurance policies on these people, but they were illiterate. So the insurance brokers would help them set them up. And we're told this created the perfect storm of murder. That sounds like that podcast the thing about Helen oh and Olga oh my god I have that written down too the thing about like, <laughs> Helen and Olga it's literally like I was waiting for Keith Morrison to pop up yeah this is exactly what they did yeah and they only the women in Liverpool they only chose like a couple victims a year and then Angela gives us a little family tree of how they were oh, kind yeah, of killing people off diagram yeah love a good diagram got rid of the husbands first of course then the kids and then the friends and neighbors and everybody they killed 17 people and they were caught because a suspicious relative convinced authority to double check on margaret's husband so they dug him up and they're like you're right this is suspicious yeah somebody's got a brain yeah so it turned out that you know they were poisoned and then both women were hung together but where okay where are the other women did they tell us no there was four women right four women killing and five or six others dealing yeah what did happen to the yeah, other women that's what i'm saying i don't know <laughs> Hmm, I have to do a little bit of research here. Well, I know we're going to give a little Google tonight. <laughs> I just want to say also that they show like pictures of actual women, right? Yeah. And our reenactment actors look absolutely nothing, nothing like these real women. All of these women in all of these pictures, I mean, I know they're like really old, so they all are black and white, whatever. But all these women look exactly the same. Just, yeah. Right? They all look so much alike. These ones, these two were kind of scary. But like in the reenactment, they have like the four of them in a row. And Candace is like, only guilt will get to you or something like that. <laughs> I don't know what she says. But the third one back does not look like she feels guilty. She's just like yeah. glaring at the camera. <laughs> That's about it about them. All right. So then we head back. Well, actually, we suddenly just like cut back to LaPorte, Indiana. There's yeah, no back like, in Indiana. There's literally <clears throat> no like transition. It's just like okay, done, <laughs> Indiana. And then we're back with uh, Belle. So I guess that there was a handyman that came to their home. He was spending the night for some reason, which is weird to me why their handyman was spending the night, but whatever. So apparently when he went to bed that night, there were three kids and Belle in the home. And then at 4 a.m., the farm caught fire. The handyman was the only survivor of the fire. They found four bodies, three children and one female. When they were investigating the fire, they noticed like soft spots around the farm in the dirt. So they began to dig, found a whole bunch of bodies. All the bodies were wrapped in gunny sacks, which, uh, what the fuck is a gunny sack? I think it's one of those sacks, like, what are, like, the hot potato races or oh, whatever? Oh, okay, or okay. Potato sack races. So, they were in those. All the bodies were, like, dismembered, and they were shoved into these sacks with lime. I'm wondering, maybe the lime is, like, to help with the smell or something? I don't really know. Was it lime, like lime rock oh. or lime the fruit? <laughs> because do you I, remember last week the, she had the... The zinc. Yeah, yeah, zinc and then the lime rocks. I don't know. Could be connected. Maybe. Well, I assumed it was like the fruit. But <laughs> you might be right. 
Because why would she put fruit in there? Anyway, so... They, I, they didn't clarify. No, I could be just, wrong. So could I. They literally just said lime. I'm going to give that a little side Google too later. They found all the bodies of the men who came to visit her and then children that I guess she was like fostering, including Andrew, our friend Andrew from earlier. But they found him in a garbage pit where she like threw fish heads and tomato cans and stuff. And they also found out that she would like feed the some of the body parts to her pigs on the farm yeah it is efficient though i guess because well because i was thinking to myself like it is bad but it's like really efficient and as i was like thinking that candace pops up and goes i don't like that <laughs> like knew, oh, okay sorry she knew what you were thinking <laughs> she did she judged me <laughs> candace says that throwing the body part to the pigs was a good indication of the type of person that she was and like how she felt about these people and and then candace says what kind of send-off is that <laughs> it's like, well, they're already dead. So, I mean, they've already been poisoned and dismembered. I don't know, Candace. It's efficient. She doesn't want to have to dig another <laughs> hole. <laughs> and then this is where, I guess, we that it looked like zombies to me, but this is just her digging up body or digging holes for bodies and stuff. But she really does look scary, the reenactment actor in that scene. Yeah. Like, so they found 14 bodies. Torge says that she most likely poisoned all these people and her kids. They also found one female adult body when they were investigating the fire and it didn't leave a lot of clues. So they assumed it was Bell's, but the body was actually a lot smaller than Bell's and the skeleton was headless. So Candace and I, I also agree with Candace here, don't think that that makes any sense because how, where the fuck did her head go? Yeah. Or yeah. like, do you think she just like found some woman and killed her and then yeah. like skedaddled off? Yeah, I, that's what I think. I think that it was like another insurance claim, like scam maybe somehow. But then Torgay's out here. He's still, he's still searching for more clues. So maybe we'll find out. I don't know. And then we, we cut to a scene where somebody's making a bed and we're talking about how business works. The business. Point, the point of a business to like make money, right? Yeah. Uh, so we are with a woman named Amy Archer Gilligan who presented herself as an innocent Christian woman who wanted to take care of the sick. Uh, but investigative journalist M. William Phelps. I wonder what the M stands for. I think maybe it's Michael and he doesn't want to be confused with Michael Phelps. I think this is like before Michael Phelps. Way before Michael Phelps. I think he's just trying to be like cool. Okay. I'm just going to call him Phelps. Okay. He thinks he's really funny. He's not. He says, he says that there should be a sign on the door of her home saying elderly care for life as long as you don't die first. But that doesn't make sense to me. And also. No, but he thinks it's a great one liner. It's really not though. He's full of those. (laughs) He really is. I mean, he's not my least favorite person in this episode, so that's fine. He has a terrible accent. I hate it. He reminds me of like my cousin Vinny. That um, he's got it. I'll point him out when we get there. But a few pronunciations that I am not a fan of. He says that in 1907 in Connecticut, she launched one of New England's first nursing homes. That she pioneered this whole. And he says, idea. <laughs> It's idea. There's no R. But anyway, this whole idea of nursing elderly people, which is basically just a nursing home. A gentleman named Franklin Andrews who ended up moving into her home. People signed up for a peaceful time to live out their twilight years. And for a thousand dollars, she would take care of them. 
So they would just pay like a thousand dollars and live the rest of their lives there. And she would like feed them, clothe them, bathe them, all of the things. Okay, um, I have a question yeah. about her business model. A thousand dollars for the rest of their lives. Well, see, this is why we murder. I mean, realistically, that's only gonna last you a few months. Yeah, that's why she killed them, though. I know, but I'm just saying, like, even from the outside, couldn't you have said something else? <laughs> like, how much? What about, like, a thousand a year? To, like, just to, like, tell like... other people. Okay. Well, because I think a thousand for the rest of their lives is, like, a bargain, right? So that's why she yeah. has so many people, like, signing up. Yeah, exactly. One of the biggest flaws in her business plan, though, was that there was no time limit, right? So she uh, would need more turnover. So I guess she was taking such good care of them that they were staying alive too long. And she decided she needed a new customer. So she begins to murder. First, can we talk about uh, Phelps's hair? He actually has pretty good hair, but like he's got this one fucking curl. It's like <laughs> hanging on his forehead and it's driving me crazy. Where did they find him? Did they ever say why he's in this? Well, What's he was his... A, he was, I think he just, he investigated it a lot. He was an investigative journalist. Oh. So that's probably why. So Amy would mix up batches of warm lemonade, which sounds disgusting. But I guess it was used in that time. It, like, helped if you were sick. But she would sweeten it with arsenic. Got Is it. arsenic sweet? I don't think so. Or were they being facetious? I, I Well, they didn't say that I did. Oh. <laughs> I thought they said, and I was no. like, oh, did they say that? No. That's really clever. Like, <laughs> oh, thank you. No, yeah, like, that's a that. good one. So Candace was right last episode when she said that a lot of women serial killers use poison because we're three for three this episode. Yeah, we are. Yeah. All arsenic, right? Uh, no. Val used strychnine, rat poison. Yeah. But isn't rat poison arsenic? I think they might be like, no, because remember last week we talked about Vera and how she would use arsenic and they would just get like a stomach ache and then feel sick and then they would die. Okay. Well, yeah, like, you're right. You're right. Strychnine was like the convulsion. That is that. different. You're right. Okay. So yeah, she would use arsenic in her lemonade and she'd poison her residents and then they would die. And then she would just like bring in a new person. They talk about they would use embalming fluids before they would examine their body and test like the fluids or tissues, which is weird to me. I don't know why they would embalm them before testing them, but they did. Because there is arsenic in embalming fluid, or there was. Right, but what I'm saying is why did they embalm them before they tested the the fluids or their tissue? Because that's what that's why she did that. She, they said that she used that because she knew that they had arsenic in the embalming fluid. Okay, so I don't think we made it clear. She would poison them and then she would embalm them herself. Right, isn't that weird? Wouldn't they be like I mean, what? it's the 1900s. Oh, I guess it was that long ago. <laughs> well, not really. I mean, what year was it? 1907. So it was dumb because she thought that she would like be able to hide the reason for their death, right? But yeah. you can't actually hide how many people are dying. They said that there was like 60 something deaths since the place opened, which is a lot. So they exhumed Franklin Andrews, our friend Franklin Andrews, and his body tests positive, obviously, for arsenic. They said it wasn't surprising because uh, given that the embalming fluid had arsenic in it, but his stomach was just like loaded with arsenic, which would only happen if he was ingesting it. So she was convicted of murder and then declared insane. And then she spent the rest of her life in an asylum. By the time that she died, they banned arsenic and embalming fluid. 
Yeah, I thought that was cool to learn. Yeah. And then we're back with Torgay and Indiana. And he's visiting a man, a judge named Robert Gilmore, who we learn his predecessor, who they don't even name, was the person who presided over the trial of our friend Belle. And he says that the skeletons were found in like the fetal position, somewhat clenched. They said that the fire would probably explain why the bodies were like that, like in the fire. But the other bodies that were not found in the fire were also contorted. So they wondered if it was strychnine. Janice talks to us a little bit about strychnine. She goes, a little science lesson. And basically what it does is like the stronger muscles overtake the smaller muscles. It causes like your body to become clenched. And then this was found actually in the stomach of Andrew Hegline. So that's why Belle was exposed, because they found the poison in his stomach. But then we're still questioning, did she die in the fire? And if not, whose body was it? At the trial, they talked about how the body was too small to actually be Belle's. And then somebody said this fire maybe caused her body to shrink. Then they said that the children were the same size as they were supposed to be. So that's probably not what happened. And plus, they all had their heads. So... (laughs) We're back to that again. Where where did her head go? Maybe that's the skull from the museum but or the library. They said it was a man. Oh. So they agreed that the body did belong to Belle. So at the end of the trial, they said that it must have been her body and that was it. But there's more coming. Yeah, we're not done with her yet. No, unfortunately. <laughs> So this transition, like, kind of confused me. Yeah. Because they didn't, like, come out and say, it's a new person or we're in a new location. No. So I was a little confused. First of all, you cannot convince me this is not from the 90s. I said 80s hair. She has the hair. Late 80s, early 90s. This was not filmed in 2006. There is no way. Absolutely not. I need somebody from Investigation Discovery to call me, go on our Instagram, tell us when this was filmed. (laughs) Candace, where are you? Candace, girl. There's no way. There's no way. No, I think they filmed it in the 90s and shelved it. Yeah, and then they didn't release it. So I'm wondering maybe if, like, next season it's, like, more updated. It is, because I, like, was, I didn't watch anything, but I, like, clicked to like look at the pictures. pictures oh and they look better yeah okay yeah okay so i'm hoping that maybe when we get further into the series and it gets a little bit more like what's the word i'm looking for not like, old up, <laughs> yeah, up, more like up to date yeah. yeah then it might be more interesting all right so ellen is talking to us and she's sad why is she sad they let us know when she was younger, she was dating Melvin. They were 15 and 16, and their love would be cut short by murder. So Janie is here with us. Well, she's not here with us, but she's who we're talking about. She has three sons, and they lost their father to a mystery illness. If I had to guess, probably not much of a mystery. <laughs> probably arsenic. Oh, my God. Probably. <laughs> Give me a minute. We'll get there. So Melvin who was dating Ellen, he started to get headaches, lots of headaches, and they started to become worse. He would get really pale. The doctors didn't know what to do. They were perplexed. But guess what? What? Janie was poisoning him. <gasps> it is poison. It's arsenic. It is. Again. It is arsenic. Where are they buying <laughs> this arsenic? Where is everybody getting this? Because this one is not even... Wasn't that long ago? No, like, not really. 1960s. Yeah. Little background on Janie. She's very big into church. 
So, like, nobody wanted to cross her. Another thing I found interesting was that doctors won't test for arsenic poisoning unless it's, like, communicated that that's something they need to look for. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Can I just tell you that I just Googled arsenic? (laughs) I just wanted to see. Like, you can legit buy it online. Can you really? From Amazon? Yeah, well, I don't see it on Amazon, but it's, like, from Granger and, like, oh. Like, I can get it delivered to me by Tuesday. Oh, I guess it's not as like hard to get as we thought. I guess not. (laughs) But like in 1960, like 1809 or whatever it was, you can't go on Amazon and order that shit. So where? No, we have to like take your horse into town. (laughs) 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 Oh my god! I'm just picturing these like women and their horses (laughs) with like a bag of like arsenic over their shoulder. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> oh my oh. gosh. Okay, where were we? Oh, Melvin's in the hospital. Yeah, <clears throat> poor Melvin. And nobody's checking for arsenic poisoning. And he knows his mom is poisoning him. Ellen heard them arguing, but the doctor said he was just delirious. It was deliria, wrote it off. So then melvin is thirsty so janie says to give melvin some water but not the water from the hospital yeah, like she brings her own water right she brought her own water she said the water at the hospital had too much sulfur in it yeah which okay fine sure but she brings her own water and then she makes ellen give the water to yeah. melvin this bitch made ellen get- poison him yeah that crazy yep they said he had a life insurance shocking of course of course um ellen is sad which fair you know so then janie killed her husband three sons and a grandson and nobody was suspicious they were all marked mysterious illness huh how? Like, I don't maybe, get it. Okay, if it's the same family and like one person dies from a mysterious illness. Okay, sure. Sure. Two people. Mm. <laughs> Three? Yeah. Four? Four. Five? Five. What's the magic number? <laughs> Five. Because people didn't people start getting suspicious? Yeah, but they didn't want to say anything because, you know, she's like, a church if, lady. Yeah. Then they did exhume one of the bodies and saw that they were poisoned. Yeah, her defense lawyer is actually with us. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. And he says that before she started poisoning everyone she knew, she was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. ALS. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She wanted them all to be reunited in heaven. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And that's where they leave us. But there's a one more fact coming up about her. There is. Stay tuned. It's a good one. <laughs> so we are now back with Torgay and Sylvia. And they're walking in a cemetery. They're talking about all the money that our friend Bell got from the insurance companies. Which at that time was $52,000, which would be hundreds of thousands of dollars today. So they're visiting the grave of Andrew, who was the last male victim of Belle. I guess Jorge is struggling to forgive Belle for what she did. What is he? Did I miss something? No. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Okay, because I'm like, why is he? Why does he need to forgive her? I said, one, I don't think that this is something that you need to forgive somebody for because this is something bad and not everything needs to be forgiven. Two, why the fuck is Torgy like this? Like, it's, <laughs> it's not his cross to bear. 
He doesn't need to worry about it because they're from the same town, whatever. So, like, you know, my neighbor down the street when I was a kid murdered his wife and his stepkids. But, like, I don't, I'm not going to try to get, like, forgiveness. I'm not going to go on, like, a, a TV show. I don't get it. I don't get it, but whatever. Okay. So, they say that maybe there's more motivation than just money. That, like, maybe she liked to actually watch them die. But did she die in the fire? That's the real question. We don't know. Candace Candace does not think she did. No, she doesn't. Well, Sylvia and I also agree. I you agree also agree. Well. Good. Glad we're all on the same page. They said that 23 years after the trial, the newspaper in town questioned if this woman that was in California was actually Belle. She was a murderer in California. And she fit Belle's age and stuff. So they sent a photo and she's like hiding parts of her face. But like you can clearly see like the most important parts of her face. But, like, you can see, like, her eyes and her lips and her nose and stuff. And it does kind of look like her. Like, they do, like, a side-by-side. And it does kind of look like her. But, again, all these women kind of looked alike. If she did escape, which Candace thinks she did, she would absolutely have continued to kill. You have a little update on our friend, uh, Janie? I do, but I have an update before that. Oh. So, about our friends from Liverpool with the insurance scam. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so they updated the laws. In Liverpool, you have to have an insurable interest in order to get a policy now. So you can't just be getting insurance on some random person from your hometown. So that's cool that that got updated. Yeah. And plot twist, Janie, that bitch wasn't ill. (laughs) (laughs) She was in prison for over 40 years. Did you look up her mugshot? No. Okay, I'm sending it to you right now. Please do. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god she looks so happy <laughs> she does not she's not guilty she does not look guilty feel guilty at all <laughs> she looks like her driver's license photo <laughs> <laughs> she was released i think due to like dementia or something oh she was in prison until 1999 and then she was diagnosed with parkinson's for real Oh, and then she wow. was released and died in 2010. I ha- I did a couple, a little bit of research on my people. Amy Archer Gilligan. Apparently that there was a Broadway play loosely based on her called Arsenic and Old Lace. But also I learned that she was only tried for Andrew Franklin's death, but she was indicted for four others. There is so much that they didn't talk about in this episode of Hell's Bell. Like I could literally go on for hours. Yeah, what are the cliff notes? They talked about, in the episode, they talked about her candy shop burning down, and they didn't mention two of her kids also died, probably by poisoning her own children, like her blood children, not foster children. Oh. Um, yeah. Her first husband, his name was Mads Sorensen. He, this is kind of a weird thing. So he had purchased two separate life insurance policies for himself, one that was expiring and one that was just starting. And essentially, the one that was ending and the one that was beginning, it overlapped a day. So the last day of his old policy was the first day of his new policy. And that just so happens to be the day that he um, mysteriously dies of a cerebral hemorrhage. So she was able to collect on two insurance policies for him because that was the one day that both of them were active. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy and very mysterious. (laughs) But, but wait, I read a little bit about, you know, the handyman that they talked about? Yeah. Um, that they didn't name. Well, his name was actually Ray Lamphere. He also happened to be Belle's on again and off again lover. 
So that's probably why he was spending the night. They were probably on again. And apparently he confessed. He knew that she was placing these ads in the newspapers and that she was murdering these men. And he also said that Belle had asked him to burn the farmhouse down and that the female body was in fact a murder victim and was chosen and planted to mislead the investigators. The reason why she did all this was because one of her victim's brothers had said that he was coming to her farm to investigate his brother's disappearance. So that's what caused her to burn on the farm and flee. And when Ray was arrested for all of the stuff, he was wearing some of Belle's victim's stuff. Like their watch and their overcoat. There was so much, there was so much information. Like you could do an entire podcast about her. It was crazy. I don't know why they left some of the stuff out of the episode. Because some of that should have been in the episode. Like I feel like what they should do is less of the bullshit about the people who don't matter. Like Torgay. Sorry, Torgay. Like I'm sure you're a nice guy. (laughs) But like we don't need his backstory and like him going to visit her murder victims grave sites and stuff. We want more information like this in the episode. I don't care that he goes to the library and looks at this skull of an unknown person, possibly. No, no. Take it out. Tell me about this shit. Yeah. That's what I want to know about. I didn't find that much other than the Black Widows of Liverpool. I guess their statues are in one of like the Madame Tussauds wax figure museums. Oh, that's weird. And that's episode two. Yeah, that was, I struggled a little bit through that episode. I'm not going (laughs) to lie to you. I really did. Um, I just would have liked a different way of poisoning people, maybe. Like a different way of murdering them, maybe. (laughs) Like, yeah. So I guess next week will be about revenge. What do you got for our one minute craft corner? We're making these little baskets for like little bunnies that we're making out of, what are they called? Popsicle sticks? So we're like making popsicle stick baskets, little felt bunnies and stuff that we're making in them and eggs. Oh, for Easter? Easter. Yeah. That'll be fun. <laughs> I was working on some scrunchies yesterday. Ooh. And I like, because you know how like the really big ones are in right now? Yeah. So <laughs> I was way off on my measurements. Oh, no. And I ended up, <laughs> I ended up with this. <laughs> <laughs> please, please post it on Instagram. Look. How did you not like, notice? <laughs> you just because I didn't. Well, you make like a tube and you don't know like how. Well, I didn't know how much like scrunch would or wouldn't be in it. That's amazing. It's actually really good. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you. And you can find us on Instagram at bitches and stitches podcast and on Facebook at BNS podcast. We hope you will listen next week. See you later.